Hello friends and welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges again and again and again, week after week. We are reminded simply by looking around how important good, healthy, integrous leadership really is. And that's the purpose of our podcast is both to entrain you and equip you and inspire you and to help you day in and day out. Give the kind of leadership that your family, your organization really deserves and the kind of leadership that you really want to give. Hey, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com. L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. You know, every week I remind you and let you know how much it is helpful for you to leave a review wherever you may be listening and to leave a rating as well and then share it with your friends. We'd really love that. We want to make sure we're helping people. If we're not helping people, then let's do something else because that's, that's what we want to do. We want to help you and I would love for you to help us by leaving a review, leaving a rating, and share with a friend. So today's topic, five suggestions from a seasoned leader. Five suggestions from a seasoned leader, and I am that seasoned leader, and I really just want to give you five suggestions today around the subject of leadership. These are things that have been rolling around in my head and maybe in different language, things that I've been practicing. I was just thinking (laughs) about my schedule last week. Between Sunday morning and Thursday afternoon, I had 19 meetings that required my presence, but so many of them were good and helpful. So I want to offer some suggestions for you to help you in your leadership journey. Here is suggestion number one. Discover more about those you lead. Discover more about those you lead. You know, we talk a lot about getting out of the positional role of leadership as quickly as possible. Level one of leadership, it's the most basic of all leadership levels and positions. And Leadership level one is simply saying, I'm a leader because I have a title. I'm a leader because I've been given a position. But we want to move out of that, and we want to move into the kind of leadership role where people are actually giving us permission to be their leader for a variety of good and personal and profitable reasons. When you discover more about those that you lead, you are moving past simply organizational expectations or organizational requirements, and you're getting to know people. This is about understanding that our relationship is greater than our function. Now, notice I didn't say relationship or function. It's We need a both and. We need healthy relationships and team relationships and friendships that, that are vibrant and life-giving, but we also have a job to do. We have a purpose to accomplish. We have a mission, vision, or as Simon Sinek calls it, a just cause for which we are laboring and serving and believing. But friends, I want you to know that when you as a leader take time to discover more about those you lead, it leans into what we said last week in our podcast, episode 169, is that we humanize people. 
I'm surprised by, and I don't know if I should be surprised, but I am a bit surprised by how much dehumanization goes on out there in the leadership environment. Just this week, speaking with someone that uh, works in the academia world, and they were reminding me, Lance, it's really difficult out here. People are mean. People are intolerant. They're not always loving. If you don't line up with what they believe is the cultural doctrine that everyone should adhere to, you're labeled, you're ostracized, you're criticized. It's a reverse prejudice. And I'm wanting us as leaders to build a kind of culture where we discover more about those we lead. What do they dream about? What are they bringing to the table about their kids and maybe their anniversary date or birth date or something? Now, this has to be held in check with healthy, proper boundaries. I don't know what your HR department or your legal department or those that you're serving, your leaders above you, would give you as guidance in this area because this is certainly an an area that has been manipulated and taken advantage of, often been used to abuse other people, and I am absolutely not talking about that. We've got to balance this with proper boundaries. But you don't want to just look at the people you lead as a number or as a giver or as a contributor, but see these people as human beings. Get get the the behind-the-scenes reality and see them beyond their talent. See them beyond their academic diplomacy or simply their professional contribution. The reason this is important is when you get to know those uh, that you lead in a more personal way, a more humanizing way, often you experience the healing that comes through simple connection, healing that can happen through empathy and compassion, and the personal effect that one's history can have on their work performance, their contribution, or their role on your team. So suggestion number one, discover more about those that you lead. Here is suggestion number two, express appreciation and express it often. I love what Bob Goff says. Bob Goff says, people need love and acceptance more than they need advice. (laughs) I I kind of find that true for myself. I mean, sometimes I do need advice and I'm sort of uh, stuck in an intellectual position, don't know what to do, go left, go right or what. But most of the time, most of the time, I kind of know what to do already. It's just, is there love and acceptance that helps me take the risk, helps me move forward in what I know, what I want to do. I love this a Bible verse from Psalm 68 verse 6. And it says that God sets the lonely in families. I love that because people need love and acceptance more often than they need advice. Express appreciation, express love, express gratitude, and be as specific as possible. Do it verbally, maybe a handwritten note card, maybe an email. Maybe you implement, excuse me, maybe you implement something inside your organization like a monthly coffee or a monthly dessert or a little monthly award of some kind. Expressing appreciation helps people feel loved and feel accepted, to feel seen and to know, again, we're moving past the dehumanization in an AI environment and looking at people as amazing people, as people who have unlimited character um, potential and creativity and connection and courage and compassion. I love it. 
Express appreciation to those that you are leading. Here is suggestion number three. Support others with training and opportunities. Support others with training and opportunities. It's just a suggestion that people want to be given a chance, don't they? You want to be given a chance. I want to be given a chance. And when I look back over the three decades of leadership now that I have been involved in from simple, (laughs) I don't even know if I would call it leadership, but certainly involvement in an organization with a certain amount of responsibility, I know that over the three decades, I've been so appreciative and deeply grateful, shaped by, formed by a handful of men and women that have invested in me and given me an opportunity. To be quite honest, given me an opportunity when I'm not really sure that I deserved an opportunity. But I love healthy leaders that give people an opportunity. They give them an opportunity in an environment where failure is not fatal to give people the kind of training that they need, whether that training comes from you on a regular and consistent basis or that training comes from outside resources. People want to be trained. They want to be made ready. They want to be equipped. They want to know that they've been given the right kind of tools and understanding and knowledge and clarity and mindset, emotional and Uh, soulish courage to go for it and to lead strongly and to lead well and to lead healthy and to lead in a joyful, empowering way. You got to give other other people an opportunity and we've got to give them the training that they need to really make that happen. We would like to think that people come ready-made leaders and ready-made managers and (laughs) ready-made contributors to your organization, but they're not. But people have a desire. People have a zeal. I have found that oftentimes when we control people and micromanage people, it suffocates and causes a realm of disillusionment about training. Why are you training me and giving me opportunity only to turn around and micromanage me? We've got to be careful as leaders that we don't cross that line. So support others with training, good training, invest in their training, invest in their development, and your organization will reap the return and give them an opportunity. Now, in the opportunity, we've talked about this in other podcasts. Maybe opportunity simply looks like you do it, you do it, they watch you do it, uh, they do it, they do it, you watch them do it, and then they do it, and they get somebody else that they're training until you have a reproductive mentoring model. And that's what we're really talking about here. Suggestion number four is to follow the themes of your organization. This is really important, I think, and often an overlooked idea because what are the, what's the data telling us? What are the stories telling us? Now, my organization is a spiritual organization. I lead a church. That's been my context of leadership for three decades. has been the not-for-profit church, church world, if you will. And following themes is so critical because one of our core driving principles of leadership is that we believe God is at work in everybody's life. And if I can discover and discern what he's doing clearly in your life, then I know how to come alongside what is in the heart of God for you and simply be a personification, if you will, a cheerleader, a support, maybe a voice of wisdom or mentorship or coaching for you 
in what God desires to do in your life. Now, you may be leading in an organization that is not so dependent upon stories, but you want to look for themes because themes help you see what the organization is accomplishing and what the organization is experiencing at an organic level. Oftentimes, it's difficult to see and to discern the season of your organization simply because we've not considered what are the broader and embedded messages, the themes, if you will, that might be found within the types of conversations we have or the types of problems that we are consistently encountering or consistent issues or messages that are found within the numbers and the data and the bottom lines. Maybe it's the feedback that we're getting from the sales team or the engineering team or the development team or the creative team. There's so many places inside your organization where there is data and there is feedback. And oftentimes I have found that when we can pause and have a conversation with other people, maybe other direct reports or other managers or leaders, that you can begin to find themes. And when you find themes, you find places that need attention and you find places that need affirmation and attaboys. Consider following the themes. What's consistently happening in your organization? Here is suggestion number five. Suggestion number five, be kind (laughs) and assertive. Be kind and (laughs) assertive. The reason I paused for the assertive is because I wanted to impact that. I wanted to give you a little punch because kindness doesn't mean you just lay over and become a punching bag for other people with a smile on your face. You're not a doormat with a smile. People can just walk over. No, kindness is joyful strength. Kindness is strength that wants strength that you feel and you have, but you also use that strength for the betterment of others. Kindness is considering the untold story and narrative that other people are living, the kind of baggage they're carrying around. Kindness looks at that and says, you know what? You are worthy of love. You are worthy of a smile. You are worthy of generosity. You are worthy of my attention. You are worthy of my training. You are worthy of a conversation. You are worthy of the most valuable things that I can give. My love, my time, my energy, my talents. Come on, friends. Be kind and assertive. Don't be weak. Don't be a pushover. And don't let people take advantage of you. Be assertive, not passive, not passive aggressive and not aggressive, but be assertive. If you're not sure what I mean by that, listen to some other podcasts. We've addressed this issue or simply do an internet search on assertive attitudes or assertive communication or assertive leadership. There are thousands of articles and probably dozens of podcasts on this subject that you could listen to and read that would really be helpful for you. But I want you to be kind and I want you to be assertive. I love what Jay Valentin said. Jason Valentin said, oftentimes we have arguments when we should have discussions. And he distinguishes the difference between an argument and a discussion is this. An argument is answering the question, who's right? But a discussion is answering the question, what's right? 
when we are kind and assertive, I believe we foster a culture that leans more into discussion than it does into arguments. We want to know what's right before we want to know who's right. Because when we answer the question who's right, inevitably we also answer the question who's wrong. Sometimes that is a proper application and a fact within leadership. But friends, when that becomes our priority, it becomes a disempowering, demeaning culture where people walk around on eggshells waiting for the next time that they're wrong and gloating for the next time that they are right. When we are kind leaders and assertive leaders, we can have more discussions than we have arguments. Arguments simply want to feed the ego. They want to feed the insecure ego that needs unhealthy validation. When you are secure in your identity and who you are, how you were made, your talents, your gifts, your strengths, those natural intuitive abilities that are within you, plus the things that you've learned academically and experientially, you're much more secure to have a discussion because you've learned that your world is small and our lives are fading and what we're doing is going to go and exist beyond us. And so we need to have more discussions that support the idea of legacy than we need arguments that simply are going to tell us who's right. When we are kind and assertive, we are able to more quickly offer forgiveness to release myself from the weight of judging others, and to release others from the fear of my judgment. Forgiveness is so powerful, and I believe that when you and I are kind and assertive leaders, forgiveness is quick to happen. Forgiveness is quick to happen. Mark Cole, an executive leader of John Maxwell Leadership Environment, says that success is what happens to us, but significance is what happens through us. Friends, these are five suggestions to help you experience not only significance, that which happens through us, but also success, that which happens to us and to those around us. Five suggestions from a wise and seasoned leader. Suggestion number one, discover more about those you lead and work with. Suggestion number two, express appreciation. Suggestion number three, support others with training and opportunity. Suggestion number four, follow the themes. And suggestion number five, be kind and assertive. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Hope to talk to you next week. Stay hopeful, stay helpful. Talk to you then.